Thanks for listening to the Life Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Borg. For any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. Get ready to go. Is everybody ready? Yeah. We've got a Bible app. Get that out. Fire that up. And uh, find with me the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah 29. Today, I want to begin a new series of messages. And I'm entitling this, The Deciding Factor. The deciding factor. Do you have any decisions to make in your life today, tomorrow, this year? Uh, I believe that's the case. We're all faced with many decisions in life. Some of great importance. um, Some more more insignificant. But we're making decisions. And uh, some of those decisions in the past and even in the present have included uh, our decision, my decision, to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. Uh, how many know that's a decision you make to receive eternal life? Pretty important. <laughs> Don't want to get that one wrong. Um, you know, the decision. People make the decision to get married, uh, to live in a certain city. Uh, career choices. Uh, we're making decisions about what church to attend and serve in. Uh, where to spend or invest our money. We're, we make decisions about what kind of car we're going to drive. Uh, We even make decisions about what we're going to eat for breakfast, right? Uh, Some of these don't matter a whole lot, and some matter a whole lot. Isn't that right? And you might uh, be able to figure out uh, this along the way, so I'm just going to tell you up front. If you think that probably I'm going to tell you in this series to do whatever God tells you to do, you're right. Okay? just want to... Get that right out in case you thought you figured it out already. Uh, You did. (laughs) And uh, I am most certainly going to tell you, and I guess I just did, tell you to do what the Lord tells you to do. And when you're making decisions, do it His way, not your way. Do do it His way, not the world's way. Uh, But part of the reason for uh, saying that and beginning where we are beginning today is because I want everyone to understand how he thinks and what his plans are for our lives. If I can be confident that what he is going to say to me and whatever he tells me to do in turn right or turn left is going to result in a better life for me, it's going to be easier to follow that instruction when I get it. To follow his direction. And I want you to be confident in the character and nature of God and his love for you and his glorious plans for your life so that you absolutely want to hear his voice. You want to know what he wants, uh, what he wants to say to you. And you're so desirous to hear anything because you know whatever that anything is, it's going to be good at the end. Okay, And when you know that the Lord is that way, that He is faithful to that end, then when we get into discussing of making decisions and getting direction and knowing what's right, knowing what He would have us to do, we're already, you know, convinced. 
We're already convinced that we want to hear it, we want to know it, and we want to follow through on it. Everybody with me? Okay, because if we have, you know, half the people sitting around saying, yeah, you know, I want to hear from God, but I don't know if I'm going to do what He wants me to do because, I, you know, I got some plans of my own. Uh, well, that's not going to work out very well. And I want to paint a, a clear picture of this uh, beginning today and, 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 and share with you some things that I believe will be very, very important um, when it comes to making decisions in your life. All right. Jeremiah chapter 29, very popular verse, but very good, very good. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, it reads, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And so we know the Lord's thinking about us, and and we get this word. He knows the thoughts He's thinking, but what does He want us to know about the thoughts, about His plans, that they're good plans? Know this. The Lord's thinking about you. He knows your name, knows your address, knows your email, knows, uh, knows you inside and out. And what are his thoughts about you? They're good ones. What are his plans? They're good plans to give you a, a desired end, a, a hopeful end. He, he, he wants to do good things. God has a plan for you to succeed, for you to do well in life. He did not create you. He did not create me to this end that I would just be born to struggle. Born to stumble around through life, to fumble my way through and, you know, hopefully make it to heaven on the end and everything will be fine. No, he has a great plan in this life, here and now, for every single one of us. Let us rest assured that God is thinking good thoughts for you and your future. All right. Some of the language used here. Well, let me give you another translation. NIV, same verse reads, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And, and so the, the New King James there uses the word, uh, the word peace, thoughts of peace. NIV uses the, the, the word prosperity or prosper. Hebrew word there is, is the word shalom. Anyone ever heard the word shalom? It's a very full and rich word, okay? It's more than a greeting, but it includes peace and prosperity and wholeness. It includes this concept where your life is not missing anything. You're full. You're complete. You're whole. It's a wonderful thing. And to know that when God thinks about me and my future, that's what he has in mind. Not a broken life, not a life of desperation, not a life where I'm missing and lacking a whole bunch of stuff or I'm just injured and dragging through, but a life of fullness, a life of soundness, a life that's complete. It's a peaceful life. It's a prosperous life. I don't know if that sounds interesting to any, any of you, but I like this. And I'm thinking, Lord, you've got a plan and my job is just to discover and follow that plan, but that's what's in the plan? Sign me up. I mean, I'm in for this. I want this for my life. I want this for the lives of others as well. And so he wants to lead you. If, you, if you've dealt with or are dealing with a life that has evil in it, a lot of difficult, a lot of harm, a lot of, a lot of trouble. Can you see from this verse? That wasn't God. That's not the way he's thinking about you. That's not his plan. And if you're dealing with that or have done, dealt with that, here's a clear way to discern and to, you know, address the Lord properly. Not, it's not, 
why did you do this? Or why did you let this happen to me? It's, oh, I see this is not of you. I see this was not your will. This was not your plan. This is not the way you wanted this to play out. So thank you, Lord. I'm going with uh, plan G. (laughs) Plan God. I I, want to go with, with what you have for my life because I see your thoughts. Man, they're good for me. They're beneficial for me. So I lay it down. I lay my life, my own will, my own plans, the ways of the world. Lord, I'm going to totally go with you because I know your love and your faithfulness to work in my life. And so we can discern very easily and very quickly. And if we have experienced things previously, like probably most of us have, that were undesirable, well, we can again judge that. We can discern and say, this was God, this was not God, but I'm going for God's plan moving forward in my life. Amen. Let me give you a couple other verses I'll read to you. Uh, you look at the, read them off the screen. Hosea chapter 14 and verse 9. Hosea 14, 9 reads, Who is wise? Let him understand these things. Who is prudent? Let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but, the, but transgressors stumble in them. Notice this. I want us to get this concept, this truth. The ways of the Lord are, are what? They're they're right. The ways of the Lord are right. Who walks in them? Right people walk in them. The way is right, and they're designed for right people or righteous people. Right? The, The wicked stumble there. But the ways of the Lord, it's always the right thing to do. What would be our approach? Well, number one is to get right. In other words, receive the righteousness of God that's available to all in Christ. I become the righteousness of God in Christ. Now that I am right, I am prepared to walk in the right way. Yeah, in God's way. What way way is the right way? The way of the Lord. I'm a right person, right with God by His grace. Now I'm designed to walk in the right path, the right way, which is the way of the Lord. So so for me, as a right with God person, to walk the wrong way would be walking away from right things. In God's right way are all the right stuff. Hope this is not too uh, simple. I mean, no, I do want it to be simple. In God's right way is all the right stuff. If I'm right, but I'm walking the wrong way, I'm walking away from all the things that I want and need and desire in life. So I need to be made right, and then I need to walk right, walk in His right way and not in the way of the transgressor. Okay, so basically every step that we take in the direction of the Spirit's leading in our lives will lead us to better days. If I take that step, I'm going into better things. But if I walk away from that, uh, I'm going down a dark path. Here's the way Proverbs 4, 4 verse 18 states it. But the path of the just is like the the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto a perfect day. All right, the path of who? The just. The just are those who have been justified in in the new covenant. Those who have been made righteous. What does their path look like? Well, 
ever brighter. So what should be the expectation for the child of God? The path that I am on, which should be the right way of the Lord, is an ever-increasingly better path. It gets brighter. The The further I go along this path, the better things get, not the worse. Everybody with me? Sometimes in the world, people, uh, because of age and so forth, individuals are trained to think that the prime of your life, the best days of your life, you know, maybe in your 20s or 30s or something like that. And if you're in that, that's when, you know, your bodies are, you know, metabolism's cruising and everything else. And, uh, but, but as you age, your life kind of gets worse. Everything slows down. And, and so there's that, that high point and then it trails off from there. Huh? Anybody fall for that? Anybody fall for That's not the, the path of the just. What's the path of the just? Brighter, ever increasingly bright. What's that painting a picture of? Less darkness. Darkness is death and destruction and gloom and and everything evil. What's the path of the just? Better. Brighter. It can keep going up. I don't mean when someone's 80, they're going to look like they did when they were 25 uh, or something like that. But does their life need to be worse? No, it should be better. The quality of life increases for the just person. What do you mean? The just who is walking, they're the right person, the righteous person that's on the path of the Lord. In other words, God has planned for His children to walk a path, and even though we're in a fallen world where things break down and things wear out and so forth, that our path would get increasingly bright. Better life, better days. That's why, listen, we can say if we will, if we will... uh, But my best days are yet to come. Anyone can say that. If their intention, their full commitment is to this, I will follow God's leading in my life. I will follow His Spirit's leading and follow Him wherever He leads me to go. I can and should expect better things. Oh, but I've missed out on so much. No, no, you haven't missed out anything because the future is forever. But it begins the very moment we say, Lord, your plan, your will, your ways, you're done in my life. I'm going to follow you, do whatever you say. We are entering into a perfect path of his provision. Amen. And, wow. You know, and his provision is not just inclusive of material things provided for in that way. It is all things emotional, all things spiritual, all things that matter uh, really in our lives. Praise God. So, let's look over at the book of Genesis today. Genesis chapter 22. If you're not familiar with these things, it's the very first book in the Bible. Genesis, the book of beginnings. One of the ways that God has revealed himself to us is this. That he is our, he is the, and he is our provider. The Lord is our provider. Uh, It's his very nature to do this for you, for me. Uh, The way I like to say it sometimes goes like this. Skiers ski, 
Plumbers, plumb. And providers, provide. That's just what he does. The Lord is not a not provider. Say, well, the Lord did not provide my need. No, Lord should not be in that sentence. Because he is not a not provider. The Lord does not provide. He provides. Everybody with me in this? You know, it's like you could put a number of things that he's revealed. Well, the Lord didn't heal me. No, no, that wasn't the Lord who didn't heal. He's not a not healer. He's not one who doesn't. He's one who does. You see how people's thinking can get mixed up. And I know that that shakes some people's theology right there, but good. That's what we like to do. Uh, (laughs) When it comes to him being our provider, that's just what he does. He doesn't not provide. He does provide. Praise God. And so, in this passage, this is where, where we find the, the revelation of the name Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord our provider. And this passage deals with a guy named Abraham. And prior to what we're going to read, Abraham was uh, given a promise, of course, to be the father of many nations. He and his wife were old and and barren and so forth. But they ended up, after many years, they trusted God. They believed God. They had a son. And they named him Isaac. And he was the the first heir then that eventually became uh, Israel, the nation of Israel. And, And so in that process of them getting the word from God, believing, standing on that for years, and the time came, Isaac came. Then many years later, now Isaac is, is grown up, and, and the Lord talks to Abraham about something else, and he said, I want you to uh, sacrifice Isaac to me. You know, back in their day, they would actually have animal sacrifices, these things, it would be worship to God. And, and, and the Lord spoke to Abraham and told him to do this with Isaac. And of course, it doesn't make any sense. Why go through all this rigmarole and all this promise and then fulfilled promise? It takes a long time and then we're going to kill off the promise. doesn't make any sense, but I want to, I want to take a, a look at this and see how, how this went down. And, 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 and there's a revelation of God that is necessary if we're going to make right decisions in our lives this year. In Genesis 22, notice with me verse 3. Verse 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him now where did he go he go he went to the place which God had told him is that is that very important in life yeah that's key verse four then on the third day Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off so they're traveling for a while it's the third day all right, they're not in a car. But he saw, oh, there it is. There's the place the Lord showed me. Verse 5, and Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And we will come back to you. Now notice that phrase. You should probably underline that in your Bible. We will do what? We will come back to you. That's not what the Lord told him. The Lord didn't say, go up to this place, and I'll show you this place. You go there, and, and, and then you and your son are going to come back. No, what's, what's the Lord's word? He's going to be the sacrifice. 
So you're coming back. He's not coming back, but that's not what Abraham said. He said, no, we are coming back. And so they went and they, they followed this through and they went to that place and they built the altar and, and Abraham then reveals to Isaac because he's wondering what's the deal here. Uh, where's the lamb? And, uh, and by the way, it's you. Uh, and Isaac gets placed on the altar and tied down and he's compliant. He's submissive to his father, very respectful there. And uh, even in this situation, uh, very, you know, out of the ordinary, pretty unusual what's going on here. And, uh, and then Abraham goes to follow through on what God told him to do and to slay his son. And if, if you know the story, the angel spoke from heaven and said, Abraham, stop. Don't do this. And it was all a proving time, a testing time of obedience. And God never had planned to begin with. Of course, you know the nature of God. That wouldn't be what he would do. Uh, but but that, that Isaac would die in this situation. Uh, but he proved Abraham through this. And he stopped him right at that last moment. And now we want to pick up in verse, um, well, verse 8. It says this. This is to Isaac. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. That's before all that uh, stuff happened. He said, he said again, he said, God will provide. Well, how do you know that, Abraham? God said he's the sacrifice. He knows him. He knows something about the way God works and the way God thinks. And then skip down to verse 13. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. And this is where we get the language that God is called, one of his names is Jehovah Jireh. All right, that's the Hebrew language. Some of your Bible translations will just say, he called the place Jehovah Jireh. In in this translation, it writes it out, the Lord will provide. Well, uh, I want you to think about this for a moment, uh, the definition of these words. Jehovah uh, means the self-existent one. Or even if you take it further, the one who, the self-existent one who reveals himself. Okay, this is God. He exists all by himself. He is not dependent on, reliant upon anyone else. He exists to reveal himself. And then the other part of this is the word gyra. Okay, J-I-R-E-H, gyra. And the word gyra means see. It means see. And, and Abraham said here, we're going to call this place, you know, the self-existent one who sees. But yet the translators correctly translate this, and they come up with, the Lord will provide. I want you to think about the word provision for a moment. We think, oh yeah, that's when my needs are met. I got the stuff I have. Yes, that's true, but break the word apart. Pro vision. You can see seeing in that word. There is vision, but what kind of vision? Provision or prevision. It sees ahead of time. If you make provision for your life, you are preparing for what you're going to need in the future, right? 
And God is called, this is one of the revelations of who He is. He is the one who sees ahead to make available the things that we need. Can you see how this lines up with God's plan for your life? And His provision in making decisions to go the right way versus the wrong way. How does God provide? He arranges appointments. He causes one person to run into another person. He sets and arranges things to where one person would intersect with the the things that they need in their life. Yeah? And so what we see here is this ram. The ram is the provision. When they looked up and he saw this ram caught in the thicket, how did that come about? He's about to kill Isaac, about to sacrifice him, and stop. And the Lord speaks to him, now I know, and so forth. And, da, 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 da. and he looks up, and there's the ram. Well, what a coincidence. How that just all worked out? I mean, what, what just, uh, I mean, what's, what are the odds of that? Just kind of happened to work out. Did it? Just happened to work out. What was that ram doing last week? You know, walking around the countryside, doing its ram thing, ramming stuff. (laughs) Uh, Did that ram have any idea that it was a part of God's plan? When one day it's going this way and all of a sudden the ram, for some reason, turns and goes this way. And it walks, and it's doing its ram thing. And, you know, a couple days before, the ram sure seems to want to go with us over here in this direction. And sure seems to want to go over here. And at the last, it's like that ram, you know, it could have been anywhere. But that thicket sure looked good for it. That ram, mm, that's a good thicket. I like this thicket. And he goes over there to ram it. <laughs> And what happens? Ram gets stuck. Ram, why did the ram get stuck? Because God knew Abraham would need a sacrifice. Because God had seen ahead of time that Abraham would obey, he would follow, he would do this, that he would stop him, and he would look up and need something to fulfill this time of worship to God. And so the Lord made arrangements outside of Abraham's control, outside of his ability to see it, to know it, to comprehend it, to put all the pieces together. God arranged it, and all Abraham had to do was follow. All he had to do was obey. All he had to do was follow the will and plan of God for his life, and he would intersect whatever he needed for his life. This is how Jehovah Jireh manifests then and today. He still works in your life this very way. He is making arrangements. He is setting things up. What happens if because of my inability to see it, to figure it out, to know how it's going to happen, I decide, "Mm, man, that's not going to work. I'm going to go here instead. 
I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to go where I can figure it out, where I can see it happening. I'm going that way instead. What's going to happen? I am going to walk away from God's provision. I am going to walk away from what he had foreordained and planned that I would run smack dab into. You see how it would be totally inaccurate for someone to say, well, I don't understand why God isn't providing. Where are, where are my needs? Where are the things that I want and I desire and I've prayed for? Well, I would want to know, where did he lead you? At what point did you know to turn left, but you turned right anyway? Because I, I can't blame that on God. I can't say he didn't provide. He did. It's just right over there. And if I want to go this way, well, I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know what's in, in, in this path. I don't know if there are any rams, thickets, or anything else. But I know if I stay on the path of the Lord, if I pay attention to His voice and I do things His way, I am totally being set up. I'm set up to succeed. I'm set up to prosper. I'm set up to have peace and wholeness and divine appointments and connections in my life that are of Him. Are you listening? This is how the manifestation of this works. God has never been surprised. He knows what's coming. He arranges things so that His people are provided for in every way. And if I will stay on this course, I will run into His abundance. And how many know when you, when you know you're on the right path... It's easy to believe for that provision. Meaning, when I know, I don't know everything. There are a whole bunch of things I don't know. But when I know, I'm doing the right thing with what I do know. With what has been revealed, what, what He has shown me. What is clear. If I know that I'm doing the right thing with what I have received, I'm being faithful to that. It is easy to believe God. It's easy to do the math and figure out, well... The Lord said, do this, I'm doing that. He said to act this way, I'm doing that. So there's not going to be a problem here. I'm not going to be concerned. I'm not going to be anxious. I'm not going to worry about stuff. The Lord's provision, I'm walking right into it. Hallelujah. Is everybody with me? I tell you, this this is exciting. You remember the 23rd Psalm? Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Why would I not want? Because the shepherd leads me to an area of provision, of supply. He leads me by the still waters. He leads me into green pastures. If, if my part is just being faithful to follow the shepherd, and then I don't have to worry about anything. I'm sa- I am satisfied. I am full. I've got a full belly and a cool w- river to drink from. You know, I-, I am set up to succeed. But if I'm not following that good shepherd, then I, I-, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But the Lord's provision is in his plan. The Lord's provision is on the path. If it is God's will, then he pays the bill. Are you with me today? 
If I'm doing my own thing, my own plan, I'm not, I'm not even seeking after the Lord. I'm not asking Him, what do you want for me? What do you want to do in my life? What decision do you want me to make? If I'm not even inquiring of the Lord, then I'm also not inquiring of the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I'm not inquiring of the Lord who supplies all my need. I'm not inquiring of the Lord who fills my, li- my heart's desire and fills my mouth with every good thing. I'm not inquiring of the Lord who is the all in all, the great I am, who is my sustenance and my satisfaction and my joy and my strength and my provision and he is my future he's my eternity that's who i'm not inquiring of hallelujah so it doesn't make any sense for the one who knows him to not be fully inclined to hear and to obey everything they get from him look over with me at hebrews chapter 11 Hebrews, the 11th chapter. You see, every leading of the Spirit of God has provision built into it. I should be most excited whenever I find out that God wants me to think or act or behave or do something a certain way. Connected to that command is the ability to believe it, are the right people, the connections to fulfill it, is the strength, the ability, the gifting, the finances. Everything is built into that one command from the Lord. It is His plan, the provisions connected. And it makes zero sense for anyone who knows that to ever disregard something that God said. To ever set aside something that's right, you know is right of Him, to do your own thing. Why in the world would we want to walk away from all of that? But that's what we do. Praise God. Wow, Hebrews chapter 11 gives us a little insight. This is referencing the same event in Genesis 22. This is powerful. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17, it reads, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, uh, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called. Concluding. Everybody say concluding. That God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, which, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. I want you to see what Abraham was thinking because it's the way that we should think. You remember when he told the two young men, he said that Isaac and I, we're going to go up and we're going to come back. And yet he had no word from God to say that. The Lord did not tell him that, but he said, we're going up and we are coming back. This reveals to us what he was thinking. Abraham did the math. I think we should do the math. He said, wait a minute, okay, hold on promised son, father of many nations. I believed God. I was justified. God is pleased with this. I'm totally in the middle of God's plan, and Isaac is a part of it. This has a a far-reaching future, and now he wants me to go sacrifice. Well, I'm going to do it. I'm submitted to him. I'm going to do whatever he says. He's going to raise him from the dead. That's what he's going to do. That's why he said, guys, we'll be back. We're coming back. He had already done the math, knowing that God would have to do that. Now, this is what's interesting. He got it wrong a little bit. 
Isaac wasn't raised from the dead. God stopped him, and so he never died and didn't have to be raised from the dead. But Abraham, knowing the character and nature and the foresight of God, came to that conclusion, we're about to see something we've never seen before. Do you see why this is included in the faith chapter? Because this is some pretty serious faith going on right here. To say... He's going to raise him from the dead. And there wasn't precedent for that. There wasn't like, oh yeah, well we see people raised from the dead all the time. This is pretty normal standard operation here. And so I guess this is going to be one of those situations. No. All he knew was God was faithful. God was reliable. He had already told me this and he will provide and this is going to be fine. Everything is going to work out. And so he concluded God's going to raise him from the dead. Do you see how that language is in Hebrews 11 and God never said it, yet it still got in there as an example of how a faith person thinks, of how they talk. They conclude things. They do the math. Are you doing any math? Have you come to any conclusions about your future? You can and you ought to. Now here's the thing, you might get some of the details wrong. But that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. What can we conclude? Because of the God in whom I serve, because He is Jehovah Jireh, He is the one who prepares and sees ahead and arranges things for my life. He is the God who owns everything. It's going to be good. My life's going to be fine. And if you come up into a situation, say, oh, what in the world? How is this going to happen? Get creative. I guess there maybe is going to be a dead raising going on. Huh? Maybe there's going to be something else that you'd never even thought of. And you can create, because here's what you know. You don't know that. You don't know that for sure. You don't know how it's going to, but you know this, God will be faithful. You know this for sure. If I stay on the path, his provision is in the path. The plan of my life is for there to be soundness and wholeness and peace and prosperity. And God's good riches are to be a part of my life as I follow him. I'm just going to stay on this path. I'm not going to worry about anything. Jesus said, don't worry about what you eat and what you wear and where all this kind of... He said, that's how the world thinks, man. That's how the world thinks. You seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. My focus, my job is not to figure it out and and to understand how it's going to come. But I can do the math if I will stay walking with him. If I will obey the leading of the Spirit in my life. If I will follow him, everything's going to be fine. There's going to be a ram somewhere. Uh, The the ram is going to be in the thicket right at the right time, at the right place, right when I need it. This opportunity, this person, these finances, this arrangement, this job, everything's going to come together because of who he is. My only part, again, what's my part? I'm just going to do what he says. Yeah, I'm going to seek him first, put the kingdom first in my life. I'm going to follow his plan. Everything's going to be fine. Come on, do you believe that for your life? If not, you should. You should. And when you do, whenever he leads you, whenever he directs you, whenever he speaks to you to do something, you start punching the numbers in. It's going to work out. God plus any direction, God plus any command, God plus any leading turns out well. But me and my plan and the world and all kinds, I don't know where that's going. 
That's a dangerous, dangerous way to live. Dangerous way to live to be reliant upon what you see and feel. But it is very safe to trust in the Lord with all your heart. To say, Lord, I believe you're ordering my steps are right. You're directing my ways and you're helping me to make God choices, right decisions. You're helping me to do things your way and to stay on this path every day of my life. Amen. And I have so much to say. You know, let me finish with this. When we came uh, to Boise years ago to start the church, that was an exercise in this. Meaning, I didn't have all the details. I just had a direction. Just had a leading. I just knew what the Lord wanted me to do. And so we came without money and without people. And not much of the details worked out. Best we could, you know. That's what we could do. And people would ask me, how are you going to do that? I'll tell you later. <laughs> they said, what about, you know, money? And so I said, are you going to, when you go up there, are you going to get a job? I said, no. And uh, I said, I would if I was led to do that. I'll do that. That'd be fine. I said, but I'm not led to do that. I don't have that in my heart. To, so, no, I'm not going to. Well, then how are you going to live? I'll tell you later. <laughs> I'll tell you after the fact. I'll tell you how it happened. But I do, I'm confident in this. I was following, we were following God's plan. There's something built into God's plan. It's called everything. Everything necessary. The provision, the people, the, the knowledge, the gifting, the ability, the strength, the opportunity. He sees it all. That's why he's the provider. My part was to obey and then get excited. I know there's a temptation to worry and to freak out over things, but we got to remind ourselves, just rest. You're doing what the Lord called you to do, and if you don't know, you don't know, but when you know, you know. You act with what you do know. And in that, He'll reveal more, but let's watch it happen. Come on, we may see some dead raisings. We may see some rams in the thicket. We may, uh, I don't know, but it's going to work out. It's going to happen. Things are going to come together. And we've been doing that. And we're still doing that. That's why I look with great anticipation and excitement towards the future of our church and ministry. Say, man, stuff costs a lot. To who? (laughs) To me? Maybe, yeah. To God? No, it doesn't. I'm just going to follow. Look what's going to happen. I tell you, we're going to see things we've never seen before, and God is going to continue to show Himself strong. We're going to intersect the right place at the right time, the right people. Lives are going to be changed. He's going to be glorified. We're going to be shouting one of these days in heaven saying, thank God we stayed on the path. We did what the Lord led us to do because it got brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. What's happening in your life? Nothing you need to worry about. Just commit your heart and your, commit your way. Say, Lord, whatever you lead me to do, whatever I see in your word, whatever your spirit says to me, I'm going that direction. And then chill. Huh? Everybody breathe in. And breathe out. That's a good practice. And everything's going to be all right. You ever have a lot of attack and thoughts coming against your mind? And What am I going to do? Freak out. Breathe in, breathe out, and say, thank you, Lord. I'm going to rest in you. Everything's going to play out right. Everything's going to come together. We're going to walk right into the, the, the middle of your provision and plan.
Thank you, Lord. Amen. So when I'm deciding things, and I'm, I didn't even get through with page one. When I'm making decisions, I must keep this in mind. This has got to be in the foremost part of my thinking. My decision making says God is right. And I would be foolish to ignore or disavow anything that he has said or is leading me to do. Because I don't want to walk away from what he sees as good for me. I want to walk with it. Amen. Father, today I thank you. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.